This is a CJSR podcast. Volunteer powered. Listener supported. Campus and community. Radio. Podcast. Podcast. Radio. Radio and and podcast. And it just like, it like blew my mind and to this, to this day, you know, like 35 years later, I still remember that exact moment of how I felt when I, the first time I had a burger and you know, I just think it's, it's, it's the universal food. Um, it's funny when people say that we're the best burger, I would never say that because you know, it's, it's very subjective of what the best burger is. Hi, my name is Miriam Shahid and you're listening to That's Food. That's Food is a podcast from CJSR, Edmonton's campus and community radio station, handmade with love by University of Alberta students, telling the backstory to food in Edmonton, one meal at a time. Burgers are one of the most popular foods in the world. It is served everywhere from McDonald's to even high-end restaurants. However, not all burgers are created equal, and who doesn't want to find the best burger in town? So I've tried to find where the best burger joints in Edmonton are, and I came across this article from BigEventsTravel.com on the 7 best burgers in Edmonton, and saw Jack's Burger Shack on the list. I personally love their burgers, they have such a fun mix of flavors on the menu, and their atmosphere is really cozy and welcoming. In this episode, I spoke with Tu Lee, the co-owner of Jack's Burger Shack, to find out more about their burgers and his story. Where does the name come from then? Jack is my, my nephew, so the other owner is my brother. Uh, Jack is his oldest son. So why burgers and shakes? It's, it's funny, right? Because we're, we're a family of immigrants. And it's, you know, like, it's, it's some of our earliest food memories. And it's stuff that we love and uh, that, that we assume that people would love too. And when we when we came to this country, it wasn't there wasn't a lot of opportunities for people who couldn't speak English and things like that. So my parents, like, they worked in whatever jobs they could get, meaning like restaurants, like dishwashers and things like that. And the, the, one of my first like food memories, like, as like a you know like a, as a young young boy, was going to pick up my mom from work, and she would save her staff meals all the time for us. Like she worked at a, like a, she was like a dishwasher and a line cook at like a pretty high end restaurant, but uh, she would always save her her uh, family meals for us. Like and one of the things that she'd say for us was a uh, was like a bacon cheeseburger, and you know, like we're we're Vietnamese, so we were having rice and you know stewed meats and things like that all the time. So that was something that I'd never had before, and it just like it like blew my mind. And to this to this day, you know, like thirty five years later, I still remember that exact moment of how I felt when I, the first time I had a burger, and you know, I just think it's 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 the universal food. Um, it's funny when people say that we're the best burger, I would never say that because, you know, it's, it's very subjective of what the best burger is. Um, so we, we make the burger how we would eat it. And in, in all honesty, like my brother and I, uh, we tra- we, we've traveled a lot and we, we go out to eat quite a bit. And then if there's a burger on the menu, we're going to eat it, even though that, you know, we own a burger restaurant. So it was just our love for that food. It was our love for, you know, that early food memory that we had. And you have a variety of combinations on your menu. Do you come up with these combinations? Yeah, the 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 menu is is my is kind of my department. Um, it was just just things that that I thought would work. You know, like uh, there's there's nine burgers on the menu, so it's the 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 basic the basics of it's the same. You know, fresh baked bun, um, freshly ground beef, and then the, the the vegetables and the sauce, and then you add other things to it. But the the star is always the beef and the bun, right? So we never want to 
uh, people say sometimes our, our, our burgers are, are crazy or the creations are out of this world, but I don't really think so. I think everything that we've made still accentuates the burger, but it like accentuates the beef, but it just gives you kind of like a, a different almost perspective of how it should taste. Do you know your bestseller? The best-selling burger is called it's called the barbecue is the barbecue crunch. So it has uh, you know our standard burger on there, uh, lettuce, onion, tomato, our, our house burger sauce, and then uh, we top it with cheese, bacon, uh, potato chips, and barbecue sauce. Which one's your personal favorite? You know, I've whenever I have a burger, I just have a cheeseburger. So I just have our standard with cheese on it. Like it's really really simple. And when people come here for the first time, and you know they they're either like passing through and they they want a burger or they they've heard about us but they haven't. Uh, been here before that's what i always suggest just have our you know our standard burger throw a piece of cheese on it if you like cheese and you you kind of get your feet wet kind of uh, understand what, what we do are there any new flavor combinations you want to experiment with uh we've been working on uh we call it a secret menu a few things i'm not i'm not ready to put it onto our menu yet because you know eight years and we've we've kept the same kind of nine burgers and uh, I don't know if I'm, I'm ready to, to put a new one on, but we've, we've had a few things, you know, like um, this week we did a, a Juicy Lucy, which is a, like the official burger of, of Minnesota. And it's, uh, it's a burger stuffed with American cheese in the middle. And I've been working on that actually for, for a couple of years now, but, uh, and it's been on the secret menu if you ask for it. Uh, but I don't want to serve it until we've perfected it, you know, like, so we know that we know it's going to sell. We know that we can execute it in, in a rush. Uh, things like that. There's a lot of factors to it. Did you learn cooking from someone? Was it a passion? It's, <laughs> I've, I've, learned, I've learned cooking from my mom, essentially. Um, you know, traditional Vietnamese family. She, she'd work and then come home and cook. And, you know, I was, uh, I was a mama's boy. And my brother was, you know, was a, like a daddy's boy. So I, I, I learned to cook with her. But then, um, you know, the, like, the, like the basics. But then when I started working in bars and restaurants and things like that, uh, I never worked in the kitchen. I worked in the front, but it was always something that I was was interested in. And you know, I just watched and I helped out and I learned from like chefs and things like that. And as we opened the restaurant, I started to to do more career development, like going to cooking uh, classes and schools all over the world and things like that to kind of you know hone our skills and to make sure that you know we're we're serving a uh, we're ser- serving a, a humble burger, but we're making sure that everything is done correctly. So yeah, it, it was like a, it was. It, to get back to it, it's probably like a passion thing of mine, but um, deeply rooted. It was my mom that taught me how to cook. What compelled you to start a food business? You know, I've, I've always worked uh, in in a restaurant. I mean, I went to university and I have a degree in, in education, but uh, I always worked in a restaurant or a bar when I was in university. And when I graduated, I found that there was more uh, opportunities for me uh, in that industry over teaching. So uh, I was working for other people and had a pretty uh, had a pretty successful career working for other people. And then I figured, uh, why not do this for myself? So has it been different from what you've imagined? Uh, I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot, when you work for someone else and you're working with their money and um, you know their budget and things like that. It is a little different. But when you, you're spending your own money and putting up your own lines of credit and not getting a paycheck and working these thankless hours, uh, it's, it's, a little, it's a little different than, than having, you know, having someone sign your paycheck every two weeks. What difficulties did you face and how did you overcome them? Can you um, think of some specific ones? Well, I'm, 
we, the first Jack's Burger Shack was opened in uh, Slave Lake in 2012. And uh, there was a lot of difficulties there. We just didn't know the demographic well enough. And, you know, we, in all, in all honesty, I, I spent 20 years in this industry from, you know, when I, from when I graduated university and there's a, a lot of challenges I didn't foresee, like knowing the, knowing the demographic, knowing, knowing um, your supply chain when you're in a small town like that. And, uh, you know, getting, getting along with the clicks and uh, breaking through to the people that sometimes aren't willing to try something new. Um, so that, and there was a lot of, there's a lot of, a lot of stress, you know, like spend a whole life working and you put all your life savings towards something and to see it not work out is always, uh, it's a little scary. And we also, you know, I, I was in Vancouver when I decided, when my brother decided that we should do this project in Slave Lake. So I, I moved from like, you know, a loft in a penthouse in, in, um, in Vancouver where my employer was paying for that to a trailer in the, in the parking lot of the restaurant. So there was like, there's a lot of challenges personally and professionally when we did that. So the one in Slave Lake is not currently open, right? The only nope. the one in St. Albert? Only in St. Albert right now. We, um, we, we closed that one up after a year and relocated to St. Albert to have a, you know, have a bigger pool of people that we could, that we could service. And it's been a, it was the right move. And is it because you were living there or um, why did you choose that location specifically? Which one, in St. Albert? Yeah, the one in St. Albert. Uh, you know, when when we decided to close the one in Slave Lake, I wasn't ready to give up on the idea yet. I think that um, we were convinced that it was it would work. I know it, it's insanity, right? Like trying to do the same thing that didn't work, trying to do the same thing over again. But we were convinced that we were just in the wrong market. So uh, I, I was... I've you know, I immigrated to, to Edmonton in 1979 and I've lived here ever since, except for five years when I was working in Vancouver. So it was home. And so when we came back, we looked at a few different spaces. Uh, one, the one that we're at now, and then one on 124th street before 124th street is what it is today. So, um, and we just kind of went with our gut, which one we thought would be a better fit for, for our, uh, for our concept. And, it just so happened the one here in St. Albert was smaller. So we had less of a risk, even though, you know, we'd already spent our life savings. So we were, <laughs> we were going into this again, just on credit alone. Um, so it was a little smaller. So it was less of a risk. Uh, uh, not that big of a community like Edmonton. I always say Edmonton scares me a bit, even though like it's my home. Uh, going into a big market like that after failing in a small market was a, uh, you know, it was a little bit scary. So St. Albert, Six sixty thousand people. It was a little more controlled, so that's uh, pretty much why we chose it. But you made it work because uh, that location is not high traffic, right? That location is not considered really high traffic. It's not considered high traffic, uh, no. And and you know, like um, when I saw it, and they consider this downtown St. Albert, and it's funny because I don't know, only because probably uh, City Hall is here, but I I just envisioned that it could be a high traffic area, and still, it's not. Oh, it's not a high traffic area yet, but people are starting to be more mindful of this area when it comes to food and shopping and things like that, because there are no chains or franchises down here. It is just mom and pop shops. So I think that uh, we kind of had the vision that that could happen and like, and it slowly but surely is happening. So when was the point when you thought, wow, we really made it? <laughs> it started to, you know, when, when we opened, there's, we, we would have three people working in our, 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 
you know, our, our staff consisted of three or four people. Now, now it's about 22 people that work. The pandemic's a little different. You know, we're at about 16. But once we figured, like, hey, we can't keep up. We got to keep – we got to employ more people to do, like, these jobs that we were able to do ourselves before when we, we could afford that. And, and that kind of – that was kind of, like, the, the first step. And then people started to notice what we were doing. I mean, I never – I never really dreamed that it would be, it would take off as, as much as it did for Jack's Burger Shack. I mean, uh, I wanted to have a successful business and, and cater to the neighborhood and cater to the, like the, the people that work around here and the people that live around here. But it kind of grew into something that, you know, something bigger, you know, like um, people from Edmonton were coming, people from Northern Alberta, people from Calgary. Um, you know, we were on the, we're on the food network, things like that. So it, um, yeah, it just, it blew up. So it, it took, it probably took about, it took a couple of years. That's took a couple of years for sure. And what do you think makes people come back? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, yeah. I, if I if I knew that answer one hundred percent, then I would have a you know I'd have a winning recipe, right? But I think I think there's a lot of things. Um, the food. I mean, uh, we use fresh local products. We know the farmers that raise the the cows, the butcher that butchers it and grinds the meat for us. We know the the baker. So it's all local stuff in this area so people can kind of relate and and they can kind of call jack's theirs because like oh yeah like i've uh, i've used that big before or i know that that butcher or you know they they see our restaurant as like the neighborhood's restaurant or their restaurant um and you know when, when you come to the restaurant it is just uh it's smaller it's intimate so we we get to know the people that come in and you know we know them by name and we we, we treat them like we treat them like our guests our family almost when they, when they come here so there's a there's a combination of, of things of why why we've been a successful knock on wood um, you know and I, I wish I, I wish I could just pinpoint one or two points because then I would just recreate it all over the world but it uh, we just happen to we happen to have the right formula here for success and so uh, it's worked out and you recently won the cut competition to select tenants for the stadium yard yeah can you tell me more about that sure uh you know it was a, it was a competition to they were gonna supply one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars for a startup to uh build out uh, whatever business that you decided and um you know it, it showed up my social media feed or something like that so i made a i made a like a funny video uh to apply not thinking anything of it and you know we made it to the final i think final eight and then they wanted us to fill out a questionnaire and I filled that out and we made it to the final I think it was five and yeah and then we had to pitch the idea in front of a crowd and you know I have a I'm lucky that you know I, I'm a, a restaurateur and a cook but I have a degree in education so I have um, I'm pretty confident speaking in front of people you know so uh, we were able to you know present our idea and uh, it was pretty you know concise and i think we're pretty we were pretty established so uh yeah we ended up winning and did you enter that competition because uh you had plans to expand you know we always think about expanding expanding but it has to be like the right situation you know people come to us all the time like hey there's a spot here or you're shopping here or this restaurant is closing and you should take over but um it always has to be strategic right like uh the, our restaurant not only supports like the the 16 people that work here but they support you know, my family, like my wife, my child, my, my brother and his household of five, my parents, things like that. So it's, you know, to, to it has to be the right move if we're going to spend money and expand. Um, so I, and we really, really played out the, 
the idea and, and it was it was kind of the right move it was almost like a full circle like when we first uh moved to this country that was where we we lived you know with uh, some of the lower income housing and, and now that we're quote unquote successful um it's you know full circle to go back to that neighborhood and build something there again so um yeah that's pretty much why and you guys source your meat from a uh, high quality meat place we do yeah so we get it we've we've been using uh jeff noni's beef from lakeside dairy and i am definitely not a butcher so darcy darcy's meat market kyle over there he uh he grinds it for me and there's a like a special mix of meat and fat that people kind of like are appalled by when they find out how we do it but um yeah so we we exclusively use jeff noni's beef from lakeside dairy which is about 45 minutes away from our restaurant maybe a little less maybe a half hour depending on faster driving um and uh and it's processed for us by Darcy's Meat Market, which is, you know, the um, the butcher here in Saint Albert. Yeah, because I noticed even uh, your beers are local. Like you have a local beer selection. Yeah, we we like I said, we we try to make like strategic partnerships. Everything's really strategic. Like um, we want to support the people that are in our community, and we want like the people who are in the community to feel that we are, you know, community owned almost. You know, like so we have Saint Albert beer, we have beer from Slave Lake because you know we have a bit of history there. Um, yeah, every, we we try to do everything within within our area. So because of that, it's a fast food place, but it's not really fast food. It's uh, like a slow fast food because the ingredients are good. Yeah. Where are you thinking it's going to be hard to expand this out? Like, uh, just like to to scale the business up by the yeah. how we do it. Yeah, that was a, that was a that's a big issue, right? Like because everything is um, sourced in small batches, you know. To, to scale to a bigger size would be difficult, but I mean, I, I spoke to, before we did this, I spoke to everyone who would be involved from the baker to the butcher um, to see if they could handle that kind of capacity to see if you know we're able to get deliveries to that part of Edmonton and things like that. So um, they were all on board. They're all thrilled about it. So, um, you know, that, that's what happens when you have a business like that. You can't just make unilateral decisions. You know, even though my brother and I would like to, we have to make sure that you know, all the T's are, are crossed and all the I's are dotted to make, to, to move forward with something like that. And we did. So, um, so the answer to that is yes and no, uh, you know, scaling a, a small, scaling a business, like a boutique business, like, like ours is, is a little difficult, but we have, we have pretty good partners that were willing to, uh, willing to work hard with us. Do you ever think of being a chain? You know, like it, it crosses our mind a lot because we are getting older, right? Like we're in our forties and we're doing uh, like young, young men's work. Um, and, and we have young families and they're, they're going to get older. And, and that, that's a way to, you know, it, it's, it's a tough question because if we want to look care, take care of our families long-term, then that's the way we're going to have to go eventually. Um, but w- will it kind of bastardize what we do? Absolutely. Uh, what, it'll be, we'll have to wait to the point where we're willing to take a step back and we're willing to say, uh, you know, we're, we're going to sell out more or less, right? Like, uh, the the, ben- the benefits of our family benefits of like looking after our family are more important than you know what we do on a day-to-day basis so um yeah we, we consider we talk about it a lot it's it's a lot of work to do that too and a lot of money so uh maybe one day when it when it's our time to you know pass it on to our children or our time to do something else my last question for you is what are the most important lessons you've learned from starting a food business that you'd like to share well, <laughs> there's a lot of important lessons, you know, like, and, and it, it's not just food business, you know, like, 
I talk to people about it all the time where our food is, people enjoy our food, but that's a really small component of what business is. You know, one of my mentors said to me a long time ago that we're in the relationship business and whether, you know, we're selling cars or we're selling food or whatever we're doing, it is, it's about building relationships. And, and I've, I've always, I've always like thought that way, whether uh, I'm building relationships with my staff, with my suppliers, with my guests, like it's all about building relationships. And I think that's, if you're gonna take a lesson from, from business, regardless if it's a food business or, you know, a retail business or any kind of business is about building relationships. So um, that's the biggest lesson that, that we learn. And that's the biggest lesson that we preach to, to people who, you know, like to ask or, or ask for advice or want us to mention them. That's the biggest thing that I teach is, you know, build your relationships because that's how, that's how this thing works. Now onto this episode's snack fact. We all know that burgers are very popular worldwide, but did you know that in the United States alone, 13 billion burgers are consumed a year? In other words, if all burgers eaten by Americans in a year were arranged in a straight line, it would circle our earth 32 times or more. This snack fact was sourced from savertonight.com. That's it for this episode of That's Food. Today's episode was produced by me, Miriam Shahid. Special thanks to Tuli for speaking with me today. Our music is by Doug Hoyer, and you can find all our episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And on our website, thatsfood.transistor.fm. You can contact us at thatsfood at cgsr.com. We are also That's Food CGSR on Instagram and Facebook. That's Food is produced at CGSR in Edmonton on Treaty 6 territory. But is it food? That's food! That's food.